everybody with the Consumer Technology Association. I'm Tyler Suters. We are the owners and the producers of CES. It is the world's largest, the most influential tech event there is. And what a show we had in 2020. Show dates the 7th through the 10th of January, as always in Las Vegas. And it was a blast. Among the key technologies on display there in the exhibit floor, in discussions, in conference sessions, AI and robotics, digital health, 5G connectivity, vehicle tech, and smart cities, one of the standouts in 2020. And aside from those key groups that, that you know so well, or at least know that are on the way and what is next in the technology sector, a great announcement about Tech for Good, the World Bank Group, and CES announced a global tech challenge. This is a 2020 initiative, and it will extend beyond that to bring innovation to developing countries. And of course, remarkable exhibits from all those technology companies that you might not think of as traditional technology companies. Delta, John Deere, Impossible Foods. Ah, at every turn, it was something new and innovative. But today we are talking to two companies that are a bit more traditional, really in the vanguard of consumer technology. I would say it's not really surprising if you're an industry veteran that brand new innovations that technologies envision come from companies like Samsung and Sony, these global brands that have been in the sector for so long. So today, a conversation with both of those companies about their CES 2020 experience, their priorities, what they took away, and what they're looking forward to ahead. Samsung, a top 10 global brand, they had a CES keynote this year, and seemingly product unveilings left and right from that company. And Sony, hey, maybe the most talked about brand on social media during CES 2020. Plus, the unveiling of an innovation, I think it's safe to say, no one saw coming from Sony. That's all on today's wrap-up edition of CES Tech Talk. Joining us now is John Godfrey. He is Senior Vice President of Public Policy with Samsung Electronics America. John, great to have you with us. Thanks, Tyler. Great to be here. Uh, feel fortunate to get you off of Capitol Hill for a few hours. You are usually uh, very much in the seats of power here, talking about policy and technology with decision makers here in D uh, D.C. But let's back out, not just uh, from time, but also from location. Let's go back to Las Vegas a few weeks ago. Give us your recap of, of CES 2020 and, and where your emphasis was. This was my 19th year in a row going to CES, and I really think it was my favorite one. It was a great program this year. Uh, you've, you've been talking to other people about CES, and I'm sure everyone has a different window onto it. And my window, in part, is uh, political and, and policy-related because that's what I do for a living. So what's really unique about CES uh, that no other trade show is actually ever able to do and no other trade association is able to do is to use the show to educate policymakers about things that they really need to know. Mm -hmm. There's maybe a you know misperception sometimes that when policymakers go out to Las Vegas, it's for fun and partying. Uh, I don't know if there was any partying in Las Vegas during CES. I don't know when there would have been time because the schedule is absolutely packed with visiting the show floor, seeing the technology, meetings with companies like my company. Mm -hmm. uh, there was the Leaders in Technology dinner that CEA, CTA puts together every year. Uh, 
that uh, educates policymakers, brings them together with the industry. And there's no substitute for me being able to go and look at the technology and look at the innovation for policymakers to understand what this is all about. You go visit them in their in their office and describe it, and it's just not the same. Right. That's a great point. And it, I've heard it said that for a few days during CES every year, uh, that really is the center of the tech policy world. This is where the decision makers are, whether they're from Congress or from the various agencies uh, that are regulating technology here in Washington or even around the world. And a focal point of that is the Innovation Policy Summit. Now, for those of you who have been to CES and if you haven't, haunted the policy world. You may not know this, but it's one of the conference tracks within CES. Um, and it's several days of how policy is affecting technology. And I'll spin that around, how technology is affecting policy as well. And you were both an observer and a participant in 2020. Yeah, that's right. I spoke on one of the innovation policy panels uh, mm -hmm. around 5G technology. Uh, uh, I think it was tech is ready for the 5G future, <laughs> uh, and your colleague Tiffany moderated the panel. Uh, and, Tiffany Moore, uh, sure. was there with some great speakers from industry, uh, from the U.S. government, and we had a, a wide-ranging discussion of, of why 5G is important. And 5G actually was uh, throughout the show. It was being talked about and shown in a lot of different places, and I think this year is a year when people are going to really see new innovations happening on top of 5G. And we wanted to educate policymakers that that's happening. So uh, in addition to that panel, I spent a whole lot of the week bringing policymakers through the Samsung booth. Mm -hmm. We are, by the way, the largest exhibitor at CES pretty much every year. We were again this year. And uh, so we had lots of visitors come through to see a lot of different amazing innovations, including 5G. Well, that's a good example, John, because 5G is such a popular topic among lawmakers here in D.C., right? Um, it, it's constantly raised and discussed in the circles here. But at CES, given your point about being able to see and touch and try technology firsthand uh, as someone who's leaving Washington and, and going into the in, in immersive experience in the tech world, you're able to show them products involving 5G, right? Take it out of theory and talk about it practically. Yeah, that's right. And uh, Samsung is is really in a world-leading position in 5G right now. Mm -hmm. So we were showing a lot of that at CES this year. We've sold uh, – Almost 7 million 5G smartphones now Glo worldwide, globally, worldwide, right. but a lot of them in the United States. Mm -hmm. uh, we're selling through all the major carriers here in the U.S. Uh, we're selling 5G infrastructure equipment, the base stations and radio units that you see on light poles and the corners of buildings and things like that. And we even sell 5G chips. Um, but we, we provide the entire secure 5G ecosystem. At CES, we were showing all those different models of, of 5G phone. We also showed the uh, world's first 5G tablet and the world's first 5G telematics control unit for a connected car. That's awesome. In fact, we yeah. unveiled that during the show. And so it's something that connects your car with the, uh, with the mobile network through 5G. And that means very, very high speeds very low latency. That means the network responds really quickly. And also uh, machine-to-machine -machine communication. That's what 
really 5G brings. Right, and essential for self-driving vehicles and, and the smart cities technology we, we envision. Um, one more point on 5G, John, if you will. Walk us through what a conversation is like between you and a policymaker. You are so deeply uh, involved in technology every day, whereas uh, a member of the House may be on three different committees, but have only one that really delves into tech. Maybe that's just a subcommittee. So I want to start it off by, by quoting you from a recent blog post on, on 5G. And this is the, the words of the esteemed John Godfrey, quoting now, it will take time to build out the 5G network so that it can reach its full potential. Policymakers can accelerate this process by making more spectrum available at low, medium, and high frequencies and by streamlining regulations that slow development. All right, uh, eloquent, well stated. I completely disagree with everything. <laughs> no. Disagree or disavow, yes. Um, how does that translate into a conversation, though, John? What does that sound like coming out of your mouth when you're holding and an, an, uh, this technology and a lawmaker can try it for herself or himself? Well, look, policymakers are used to people coming in and, and asking them to do things for them. And, and setting aside more spectrum is probably the most important thing that the U.S. government can do right now to keep the U.S. at the center of 5G innovation and keeping up with the rest of the world. Uh, but the thing that that I hear policymakers really wanting to know about 5G is what it's good for, why it's important to their constituents and to their citizens. Uh, I, it's it's hard to imagine for those of us who love going to CES every year, but there are people out there who do not get that excited about technology innovation happening. Sometimes they say, "Wow, you know, does the world really need to change as fast as it's as it's changing?" And those people have a valid point of view too, and their policy, their elected officials, policymakers have to be able to explain to them why change can be good for them. Mm -hmm. And so they need to see it. What, just as one example that we showed people at CES this year is that 5G telematics control unit, what it can do for a connected car. It's, it's not so much about an automated or self-driving car. That technology is, uh, you know, on the roads being experimented with, but they're going to be drivers in cars for a really long time. It's about making cars safer and pedestrians safer, streets safer. So through 5G, the cars can communicate with each other, with what we were showing was a, a, a demo of a pedestrian um, waiting to cross an intersection at a red light, and maybe they fall down in the intersection. Their phone reports that to the network so that cars that are coming uh, the, are alerted, and also mm -hmm. the red light stays red a little bit longer to give the person time to get up and get out of the yeah. intersection. Yeah. Um, all possible because of the low latency of 5G. And then there will be a lot of applications for video, uh, which takes a whole lot of bandwidth. So you really need the extra carrying capacity that 5G has to carry real-time video and make, the, make our environment safer mm -hmm. for you know, transportation, also uh, public safety applications, law and order, uh, environmental safety identifying problems that, uh, that have happened. So there are a lot of smart city applications that policymakers 
uh, can get excited about. Oh, one other thing that I wanted to mention, uh, maybe my personal favorite application for 5G is going to be, uh, and this is something that's near and dear to my heart in my role as well with the CTA Foundation, Mm -hmm. your association's foundation, uh, is helping people with disabilities and seniors get around in the world better. Mm -hmm. Because with uh, video cameras and uh, processing power out in the real world, you can help a person who is blind or deaf navigate through the world independently the same way a, a person without a disability does. And it, it's going to open huge possibilities for inclusion for everyone. Yeah, your passion really comes across there, John, clearly. Um, so we backed into this a little bit the wrong way, perhaps, and I've it's on me, but we started talking about the answers you give to policymakers when you're talking technology. What are the questions you get? What do you hear when a member of Congress is in the Samsung booth or on the show floor walking with you? What what, what are they asking about? Uh, mostly when they come to the show, they're like anybody else. They say, what's cool? What, what do you show me that's cool? <laughs> and you so, say everything. Next uh, question. We take them to the, you know, we took them to see the, the chef bot, the robotic cooking assistant. We took them to see Bali, the little robot ball yeah, uh, yeah. that was uh, unveiled by our CEO in his pre-show keynote mm-hmm. uh, uh, the night before the show opened. And, uh, and, of course, we show them the gigantic TV sets, the wall TV that Samsung has with micro LED technology, mm-hmm. the best possible picture you can get. And uh, and all the phones I mentioned and the <laughs> so, home appliances, so they want to see the cool stuff. Yeah, it's a, it's a reminder that you know at, at their heart, policymakers, whether staff or or actually elected officials, they're consumers. I mean, they're like yeah, us, right? They they're tax users. And then they also want to know, uh, you know, where are these things made. We we emphasize our significant presence here in the United States, mm-hmm. big manufacturing facilities in Texas and South Carolina, and R and D centers and. Texas and California, Michigan and elsewhere. Uh, uh, how many employees do you have in the United States? We have 20,000 here. Wow. So they're interested in learning about those things. And, and you know, sometimes they ask questions about uh, real concerns that they hear from their constituents, like uh, I was alluding to it a little bit earlier, but, you know, they're, they're worried if, if the change that 5G brings along is going to be somehow a problem for their constituents because there'll be these new, you know, does this mean they're going to be new cell towers everywhere? And I, I point out to them that a millimeter wave 5G base station is about the size of a kid's backpack. So you could put it on top of a light pole and nobody would even know that it's there. Yeah. It's really, it's newer technology that uh, is, I actually think it, it looks very attractive, but probably most people won't even notice that it's there. So th- th- those are the kinds of things that policymakers want to know. And by going to CES, they can, they can learn about that. Yeah, putting your eye for infrastructure beauty aside, John. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> yeah. I want to take advantage of the fact that, as you said, you've been to 19 CES shows. And, and as you pointed out, consecutive CES shows. Yes. Um, Samsung had a major presence uh, on the show floor, on the keynote stage as well, um, and then on stages throughout CES through various conference tracks. What are one or two of your your biggest takeaways from CES 2020, either a lesson learned or a narrative that was really emphasized this year? I think innovation is alive and well in America. There was just a tremendous amount of it. I mean, obviously, it's a global show, and there are a lot of companies from all over the world there. But the strength of uh, the strength of America and the American people is our innovation. And so, 
you can see it on display at that show. Um, it's also the ability of American companies and Americans to work through the world, through, to be part of the global economy. It's such an international show. You see people there from all over the world. And uh, obviously CTA uh, does a lot to promote global harmony, global communication, global trade. It's a real priority of Gary Shapiro's. And you can see the benefits of it at the show. Uh, and then, uh, you know, I, I take away how awesome Samsung is. <laughs> we're, we're everywhere at the show, uh, and uh, I thought we looked pretty good there. A lot of our uh, friendly competition looked good too, though. So uh, we're going to have to continue to raise our game and do even better next year. We did have the most uh, CES Innovation Awards again this year, but uh, the competition's tight. We'll have to keep doing that again next year. And well-deserved congratulations on that. John Godfrey is Senior Vice President of Public Policy with Samsung Electronics America. John, back to the fishbowl here in D.C., but great to talk to you as always. Likewise, Tyler. Thank you. With us today is Cheryl Goodman with Sony Electronics. She is the Head of Corporate Communications and Corporate Social Responsibility. Joining us from sunny and beautiful San Diego. Cheryl, great to have you with us today. Hey, great to be had. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, San Diego's not a bad place to recover from uh, the fast-paced life of of CES 2020. Um, You all seem to be everywhere there. And I don't mean that literally as much as figuratively, especially on social media. Sony was the most talked about brand at CES 2020. Yeah, we're, we are pretty proud of that. Thanks for acknowledging um, that that is the good work that definitely comes from, from my team. But uh, none of it rings true if you don't have something of relevance to speak about. And to your point, it was an incredibly diverse show in terms of topics, uh, content. But um, I think you and I are thinking about the same thing. It was that car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's let's dive in there, Cheryl. It's it's uh, the Sony Vision S, um, which is billed as the evolution of mobility. And yes, it's a car, but it's so much more in terms of sh- Sony showing off its capabilities, its vision for for the cabin, for content when we're traveling, um, for battery life, right? For EVs in general. Yeah, and then that's very well said. It's so much more than a car. Yes, there are four wheels. It does drive, but it really speaks to two major categories and themes. And uh, one theme in automotive, of course, is safety. That's the number one thing. If we don't make it to our destinations alive, nothing matters, right? So those 33 sensors that are equipped around the car, creating what we like to call a safety cocoon, that is the next evolution and step in in automotive driving or autonomous driving rather that um, ability to see all around the car. Um, interestingly enough, when you sit in the car, what you're looking at is um, instead of mirrors, you really have cameras that are actually projecting or recording and surveying the area around you. So you just have an incredible sense of what's happening. Um, and that's really the magic is the, um, the elevation of safety. Mm-hmm. But it, inside is what we like to call really the opportunity for you to enjoy entertainment once safety has been addressed, right? So that is uh, 
multiple displays throughout the car, um, an acoustic environment, uh, rivaled by none, using the 360 reality technology, 360 reality audio technology. And that is object-based sound that, you know, you hear often, oh, that's uh, like, I was, it was like I was at the concert. Well, this is better. It was like you were on the stage, right? <laughs> so you're hearing things directionally. So it's it's really quite, it's a moving experience, if I could. <laughs> a little fun fun there. Um, but it, it really is, a, you know, something that's so much better experienced than me, um, simply a flat way speaking to it. But it certainly was the surprise of the show, which I think was a, a big kick in that, that social media recognition. I don't um, believe that anyone expected us to roll up a beautiful, well-designed car um, at CES. So, uh, yeah, there was a huge amount of surprise, Cheryl, in 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 the the unveiling of that. Um, I'm curious about you know, given your expertise uh, in communications. What was your reaction internally, if not outwardly, when uh, you know your team is is planning for Sony's presence at CES 2020, and you hear, okay, one of our products is going to be a car. But uh, how does Cheryl Goodman <laughs> react <laughs> to that? <laughs> well, very selfishly, I'm like, well, where's mine? Like, <laughs> Naturally, you know, I need yeah. to show it off. But <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, it's, I, I suppose. Um, I'm, I was lesser surprised because this has been a narrative that we've been discussing for some time internally. Now, what I didn't know was the fit, finish, high design, uh, beautiful packaging um, experience that it was going to be because it was something that was, you know, of course, taking place in, in, in Tokyo. And so I'd only really seen the car for the first time in Vegas. And I got to tell you, uh, it's just uh, uh, to see it inside and outside is. Um, the emotive quality of being so, um, you know, I'm almost at a loss of words. It was so well put together, so well designed, so intuitive to how consumers will actually use cars in the future. And I guess my first thought was that the ultimate consumer electronic now is a car, yeah. right? It's electric. It, uh, you know, it does all those things that we expect consumer electronics to do for us, entertain to light, uh, you know, through visual, through audio, and it gets you from A to B. So, you know, I think for me, it was a real shift that consumer electronics category has now met, you know, the automotive industry in the most connected way I have certainly ever witnessed. No, well said. Um, in terms of uh, brand association, Cheryl, much stronger tie, and this is almost on the opposite end of the, of the spectrum from the Sony Vision S, um, between your company, and PlayStation. So at CES 2020, mm-hmm. um, you had a bit of a reveal for PS5, um, and the excitement ramped up very quickly there as well. Yeah, it sure did. Also, another contribution to our great uh, numbers on social media mm-hmm. is Jim Ryan coming out on stage, the president and CEO of Sony Interactive Entertainment, who announced that the PlayStation 4 you know, has cumulatively sold more than $106 million units worldwide and that the network has reached over a hundred million active users. And then of course, what really created all the excitement is the fact that we revealed the logo design the first time ever. So I think their appetite for content relative to what's happening in the PlayStation world uh, is uh, voracious. And uh, while maybe we didn't provide as much 
information as everyone would have liked. Uh, the bottom line is that uh, Tim's comments were well received, and uh, we're eager to continue to delight and thrill that audience. Mm-hmm. Um, what about the area of technology meeting sports? Um, certainly on global radar here when you're talking about the upcoming Olympics uh, in Tokyo and in summer of 2020. But Sony rolled out a much broader picture of the value and capabilities of, of real-time video transmission and, and, and of course, the, the fact that 5G capabilities are going to be critical in, in delivering this where it needs to be. Yes, uh, that's a, a really great point, and well said as well. I, you, you know, my background has largely been in telecommunications, you know, 10 years at Qualcomm, so I'm uh, fanatical about things that are uh, connected and connectivity, and the bigger the pipes means the content can be more robust. What I think we also did at Sony's um, CS um, this year was really delight and surprise in a category where it wasn't a phone. A lot of people think about 5G as it relates to customer experiences. And of course, we're, we're very focused on that. But the B2B scenario with the end customer deliverable, you know, when you are doing real-time video transfers, leveraging 5G, this rich, beautiful, robust content going over 5G pipes, this is something that is, I think, a novel and um, uh, novel use case. But when you think about it, deeply logical. I mean, it's big data over required bigger pipes. So um, definitely a lot of interest there. And it's, an, it's a nod to where, to absolutely where the broadcast industry um, is going, as well as many other um, consumer-facing industries. Mm-hmm. What about the downstream elements of that? Again, uh, um, an iconic product from Sony is the television. Um, the Sony Master Series mm-hmm. of OLEDs uh, span the gamut in terms of capabilities and, uh, and sizes, um, but also an emphasis from you all, Cheryl, on what is still emerging technology, that is 8K Ultra HD. Yeah, 8K. What a great, it's such a good segue because, you know, the, the more rich and dense um, this content becomes as um, 4K becomes more prevalent and 8K leading the future. Uh, Sony's very excited about, about the platform of 8K. Uh, 8K is the future of TV in terms of innovation. How, how great can that acuity be? I would say that um, there's so much growth still had uh, to be had rather in 4K that we're excited about that still being a uh, next voice for consumers and for customers. And so both categories are exciting, but as a company such as Sony, who's always innovating, we're really excited about the promise of 8K uh, for consumers. Um, Another... Subheadline story at CES 2020, Cheryl, was uh, we're seeing our first products, um, video products, uh, equipped with for next-gen TV. So this is next-gen TV technology, able to receive a transmission, uh, broadcast transmission that hasn't even rolled out officially yet to consumers, but we are at least now seeing this technology and these capable products in the market. Yeah, we are, and Sony is certainly is supportive of this. Listen, the confluence of content and IP and OTT as a solution, this is something that I think uh, consumers may not have the greatest amount of understanding of how that comes together, but once they experience it, you know, the benefit is clear. And so Sony has been a longtime supporter of ATSC 3.0, now next-gen TV, and there certainly um, was a good display that we put on in the next-gen TV um, booth area along with other 
uh, partners. Uh, it's an area that definitely is of interest to consumers and the broadcasters, and so there will be more to come there at the NAB show in April. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, I want to mention, Cheryl, that you are uh, an official spokesperson, and I'll put capital S on the front of that term for, for Sony Electronics here <laughs> in the U.S., um, you were on a number of panels at CES, sharing insights into emerging tech and trends and innovations in both video and audio. Um, can you share some of that discussion and also you know, where you see things heading in the year or years ahead? Yeah, absolutely, Tyler. Two great um, panels. The first one was uh, with 8K, and I had some great peers on, on the set there, and including uh, industry analysts and experts in 8K. And we really... Uh, they dissected uh, rather what consumers really expect and what that timing is. There was a lot of the same conversation about the um, leading edge of, of innovation and what consumers can expect in terms of upscaling, how they would experience that, where we would see content coming from. So that certainly was insightful, um, followed by the Future of Music panel. And I particularly enjoyed this panel um, partnering uh, with the CTA research team who facilitated uh, that narrative, um, but then also having executives from Harman really talking about um, the difference between access of music, which for many years we've been obsessed with how do we acquire music, how do we um, you know, download and, and build out those collections on our devices, and now that we've really figured that out as an industry, it's now about um, acoustic performance. What can we do to increase the um, quality of this uh, of these um, titles that we've acquired, these music titles we've acquired? So I um, definitely had some great conversations about um, discovery of new music, how that happens, um, platforms such as 360 Reality Audio, where the acoustic really comes to life. Uh, and then other great ways where uh, music is um, intersecting with audio and from voice capability uh, to um, on-demand real-time streaming experiences. It was absolutely two great conversations curated by the CTA. So we um, absolutely appreciate the platform to discuss the future of music and the future of TV. Yeah, and you've got your voice back, which is great. <laughs> After all that time talking in the desert, that, that can often be the first to go. Cheryl Goodman is, and I'm going to take a deep breath here, head of corporate communications, head of corporate social responsibility, and also a very talented spokesperson for Sony Electronics. Cheryl, it is always awesome to connect and talk talk tech. Um, hey, continue the recovery, and um, we'll see you sometime in advance of CES 2021. Thank you, Tyler. All right, I got to admit, this is a little tough to say, but that is a wrap for our CES 2020 Tech Talk season. However, watch this space, or listen, as it were, for more content coming up in the coming months. A great way to do so and track what we have coming your way, just subscribe to the CES Tech Talk podcast. That way you won't miss any episodes. You can go back into our library, check out old downloads, or stay up to date with what is around the corner. Speaking of, yeah, I'm going to say it, CES 2021. The dates are in the books, January 6th through the 9th in Las Vegas. You can get a sneak peek on what to expect at ces.tech. That is ces.tech. Now, you longtime and faithful listeners know this is the part where we say, 
None of this is even remotely possible without the true stars of our podcast. And both of these folks deserve a real shout out. And I'd ask them to take a bow if they were standing in your earbuds right now. Our executive producer, Tina Anthony, and our senior studio engineer, John Lindsay. I mean it. You all are the very best in the business. And for all of our listeners, thank you so much. I'm Sider Suters. Let's talk tech again soon. Mm-hmm.